Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. I'm actually, I'm actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. It ain't hating on me on Chad. You know I got to be something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Minasa. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Go get out of my face with that crazy that's, that's, stuff. That's, that's. The number to call, 347-633-9365. If y'all got to take, y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Studs. And now, your host, Chad It's a Thursday. It's the Gridiron Stud Show. The intro neglected to mention my co-host, Amo Calamino. Amo oh, I was, I was in tears here. I was just I was just cleaning up my eyes. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm sure you're offended and ready to start a protest or a rally somewhere. It's kind of what we do these days. Plenty to get to on the show today. A whole lot going on. At, man, football season needs to start fast. It needs Real to start fast. quick, fast, and hurry. <laughs> I mean, never have I wanted a football season to start. And I, every year I want it to start quickly. This year especially needs to come because there's a whole lot of off-the-field stuff that is just dominating the headlines. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott versus the NFL. Uh, probably uh, a tougher opponent for Ezekiel Elliott than anything he faced last year as the uh, Cowboys went through their season. Um, national anthem protests they continue and the debates about them continue as well also get into a little bit of college and nfl football talk as the season is right around the corner so that and a whole bunch more here on the gridiron stud show today if you want to join us and you have a question or comment the number to call is 319-527-6059 again 319-527-6059 last week amo we had to tackle the colin kaepernick thing and i think you and i um both came to the conclusion that uh, it's not as much about race or his protest. Well, let me not say about his protest. It's not as much about race as people want to make it out to be. I guess everything now in, it, uh, in this day and age comes down to, to black or white, whether we like that or not. That's just the way that it always seems like out. that's what, the, what we're being pushed to. I mean, I think people see that more. The media seems to be pushing that. It gets a lot of attention, a lot of eyeballs. And, and then I, you know, I think as people hear it, it's almost like, they start to believe it. I don't. I don't think as many things are necessarily about race as as you would be led to believe. When, when, yeah. By, by 
Kingdom, you know. Well, soon they will be if we continue to make everything about race, then it just will all be about race. And then, you know, the real issues that matter will get lost in the wash. You know what I mean? It's just no one will, will care anymore because everything is about that. And if you need a true demonstration of how everything is about race, I mean, go look at anything online, any video, uh, any topic, any news story where there are comments allowed on it. Well, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a cat fighting a mouse. And somewhere in the comments, it's going to come down a race. It always well, goes. Down. I told you my joke, and I'm waiting for it because, you know, we're still, you know, it's August. We'll be approaching the holiday season. I'm waiting for Black Friday for someone to say they're offended by it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's probably already <laughs> happened. Probably already happened. Why is it Black Friday? You know what I mean? Um, but that's just the way things go down. So I, I, let's get into this. This obviously affects your team in the biggest of ways. It's Ezekiel Elliott versus the NFL. And to be honest with you, Emil, I mean, with the Colin Kaepernick thing and the national anthem protests and then what's going on in Charlottesville, it's just kind of impossible to be on top of all of these other things, considering everything else I have to do. So I, I admittedly, I tread lightly in this area because I don't have all the facts. I'm not sure that the NFL has all the I facts. I don't know if anybody has all the facts. And I'd like to keep my fandom out of this and more keep it as to let's talk it's a, it's a tough issue okay again it's kind of like trying to talk about a race issue you you, you kind of want to you, you want to be sensitive i mean you don't want to make light of domestic violence that's a serious offense if it, if it in fact occurred but i think what we i'd like to peel apart with you is what's going on here with the nfl and and one one thing let's get this on the table article 46 is going to be important to remember in this and that's the collective bargaining agreement, and uh, since you have an NFL player in the family, I would suggest that the NFL Players Association really, next time around, um, take a look at their collective bargaining agreement because it stinks compared to the NBA and and Major League Baseball. Um, Article 46 was voted on last time, basically gives the commissioner a pretty wide latitude. It basically says anything the commissioner wants to do, for the good of the game, he can basically do. I mean, I'm making it simple here. It's written mm-hmm. with a lot of legalese. But that, that's how Tom Brady eventually served a suspension while it was less than his original suspension. Uh, the, the appellate court overturned the lower court saying, hey, it was a collective bargaining agreement. They agreed to Article 46. And, and that's really um, a big deal. The only team that voted against it, by the way, and they were the canary in the coal mine, so to speak, was the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2011, mm-hmm. I think was the last collective mm-hmm. bargaining agreement, 2012. They, they they were against Article 46. They thought it was crazy that the commissioner was given such wide latitude. Um, so that's important in this discussion. Let's go back to the beginning here. And I think this gets heated because I think people become fans when they talk about this rather than um, trying to look at it logically. I mean, I was reading some posts with friends of ours, mutual friends, and uh, – you know, most of the people on the post that I know were black, and, and they were not Cowboy fans, so they thought it was just great that Ezekiel Elliott was suspended for six games. And what I've tried to point out and say, okay, let's start at the beginning. Last year, we had an incident where the kicker for the New York Giants, basically in writing, admitted that he abused his wife more, on more than 20 occasions. Mm-hmm. He was given a game. Now, he doesn't look very scary to me. Okay, maybe that's how this works. I'm, I'm really not sure because 
you know, the kicker for the Giants just doesn't look like a scary guy. He looks like the kicker. So he got a game. Now this guy put it in writing. Right. Ezekiel Elliott was accused by um, his girlfriend at the time, a white girl, and that's important here. So I'm not trying to turn it into race because there's some stuff that came out in the last couple no, of No, man, turn it into race. Why not? No, but uh, Well, because I'm using that because she used – I'm, I'm going to quote her own words, okay? Uh-huh. He was accused of, of instances in Ohio um, before yes. he played in the NFL. Uh-huh. And in Florida, before he played in the NFL. So he wasn't even an employee yet of the NFL. Right. Both police police units, okay, whatever you want to call them, offices, investigated and found the witness to be not credible and, and completely truthful. Her stories didn't jive. And they, along with both two separate DA offices over 1,500 miles apart, chose not to pursue charges against Elliot. Now, that's important to me trying to be – looking at this logically because i look and say okay wait a second let's be honest here police police officers or police you know da's are not usually in the business of letting rich athletes african-american ones especially skate on charges it, mm-hmm. it hasn't been the history that i've at least been exposed to in sure. my my 48 years here i haven't seen sure. that um be the case so i'm, I'm thinking if they thought they had something they're going with it because we talked about Ray Lewis last week. You know, get, got right. charged with something. Okay, so they're they're running with it if they have something. Okay, so that that's important to me. Now, we go forward. Elliot, to his credit, saves some text messages that this woman had sent to him, saying, "You know, you're I'm paraphrasing uh, a black athlete. I'm a white girl. They're going to blame me. They're going to believe me. I'll mm-hmm. ruin your career." Okay, that's mm-hmm. basically. I cannot, she, she, let me let me stop you there. Um, how do we know this? And again, I don't I don't have all I don't have the information. So I'm he screenshotted all the text. He wasn't a stupid kid. He screenshotted these text messages and saved them. He presented sure. them to the NFL. They were presented into evidence. Did the police have this information? Oh yeah, that's why that's part of the reason I'm sure the police looked at this and said, okay, this isn't this doesn't smell right to me. You know? And the NFL had this information. Oh yeah. Yeah, and and that's where people are getting a little bit up in arms in this whole case. There's a 160-page report done by the NFL, um, and there's four people that were basically handing out this this justice. Uh, Goodell had very little to do with it, from what I understand. He kind of tried to step away on a very big matter uh, and, and hand it over to these four people, Ken Houston, a former NFL player being one of them, and a couple attorneys. Uh, one of which, and this is, you, you think, I'm, think I'm saying this lightly, but I've read an article on this. She's a huge Giants fan, to mm-hmm. the point that she has a shrine in her house to the New York Giants. Now, you okay. can say that's silly, but we know how fans can be. When someone dedicates a room in their house to the New York Giants, they're a pretty big right. fan. So anyway, okay. um, she, you know, they, they meted out this justice to, to Elliot. This was entered into evidence. Apparently, people want to see this 160-page report publicly. The NFL won't release it. And I'm just I'm questioning a couple things here. Is the NFL a sports league that deals in sports entertainment, or are they a police office? Because I'm confused how they believe that they do a better job of investigating these type of matters than not one but two separate uh you know, police offices in two separate states, like I said, 1,500 miles apart. 
So it's not, you know, it's not like this. It, we could say, well, they did a wink, wink, nod, nod in Ohio. Well, okay, Florida investigated it too. Okay, a couple of questions here. One, um, do you think at all any of the surrounding behavior around by Ezekiel Elliott around these particular incidents played any part in um, some of what they laid down on him? Because he's had other incidents. Absolutely. Absolutely, I do. And, and, and again, if they had come out and said, listen, we don't know anything about the domestic violence, obviously he hasn't been charged with They can't say that with anymore. It. They can't come out. And I understand that. what, what I'm saying. And if they said, if they said we're giving Mr. Elliott two games because he needs to calm down and understand that he's a young man that's going in the wrong direction. If they said something like that, I'd probably be sitting here saying, well, you know, he brought it on himself. You know, he kind of, you know, did, did a couple crazy things while not criminal. But when you're telling me six games and and, and you're, you know, basically you're saying that it's a domestic violence case. Because they told well, them. that's what this was about. So if you're suspending him, you're saying it's about the domestic violence and are two games enough for someone to learn their lesson about domestic well, that's, violence? Well, that's where I'm going. You asked, you asked the question. I'm kind of dovetails. Mm-hmm. I'm saying if you're telling if, – if you wanted to make the case about some of his behavior and saying it was embarrassing the league, I'm kind of okay with that You know, because every business has – you know, a code of conduct. I mean, I can say to you, hey, you could say, hey, well, you know, in Florida, it's legal, I don't know if it is, to smoke marijuana. And I could say, that's great, Chad. You can smoke all the marijuana you want. You just can't work for me. Okay. Right. So, sure. So you, you can do that. We talked about that on the show before. Um, freedom right. of speech. Um, it's fine. You can say what you want. But, you know, individual corporations uh, also have the right to hire you, fire you, or not hire you um, based on the things that you said. Correct. So, so for for me looking at this logically, if that was what they turned the case into, then I'm sitting there and saying, okay, I I get where you're going with that. But if you're telling me you you're going to investigate these domestic violence claims and do a better job, okay, without any consistency, and that's the other problem I think a lot of people are having with this. Where is the consistency? Okay, if a guy puts it in writing that he abused his wife 20 times, well, hell. If you're going to give Elliott six games, I should have saw the kicker for the Giants sitting for six games. I mean, there needs yeah, to think, be consistency. I, I think, Amal, that's the biggest issue the NFL has with this. It's just that you're very inconsistent in how you dole out punishment. Give that You can't give Josh Brown one game and Ezekiel Elliott six. That just no way to really explain that. You, you can't reconcile you, it. You can't reconcile it. that. You can't, and it, you have to twist yourself like a pretzel, and you sound dumber and dumber, and I'm saying you, the NFL, sounds dumber and dumber when they try to justify it. It's no different than the whole deflate gay thing. If they wanted to slap a game or two on Brady saying, we we think you screwed with the footballs and it's the integrity of the game. When they, they started off, if you remember that whole deflate gate thing, that started off at eight games. Remember? He was suspended right. half a season. Then he right. went to court a couple of years. And we ended up having a year and a half struggle over something relatively silly, okay, because they won the game 42-7. I'm, you know, so at the end of the, the day, he got four games for something that when you hand a ball to a major league pitcher, and I know you like baseball, that's why I bring it up, what's the first thing a major league pitcher does with the baseball? What's he do with Rub the baseball? The sh- yeah, what's the first thing when a major league pitcher gets a baseball? What's he do to it? It rubs that thing down. Sure. <laughs> he doesn't say. He doesn't say. Let me throw it in the same pristine condition that it came to me from the. Yeah. Hey, he gives that thing a good rub down. Let me let me feel this so, thing up. 
So the quarterback likes the ball to feel a certain way. If you want to say, hey, we're going to make an example of you and give you a game, but the NFL just does this stuff, and I think it's making them look foolish in the long term. I mean, they had a year-and-a-half fight about a football. Um, the Saints put a bounty on a guy. Like, no, no, that's never happened before. We've never had God in, in the, the, this 85 well, well, years. Well, like bounties, that whole thing. It's just what, uh, what, uh, what does the public at large um, react to the most? And you've you got to think here that the NFL is scarred by the whole Ray Rice thing, the handling of it, the whole – bad publicity that went down about it. Um, and I think the penalty um, for the more high-profile athletes, it looks like it's going to be stiffer than, than the penalties for someone who's not so high-profile. And when you start doing that, you're pretty much saying that, I don't know that we necessarily care so much about the domestic abuse what we do care about is the public's reaction to the domestic abuse. So when it's a player like Josh Brown that people don't really know about, most people won't care about, we'll be um, more lenient in how we go about issuing justice. But when it's an Ezekiel Elliott where everyone's going to be involved in talking about and thinking about and discussing whatever punishment that's handed down, we're better to go more heavy to – you know, avoid a backlash than, than light. But what's happened here is there's still a backlash. Well, and, the and there's the a reason that you and like I do a really show together. About the domestic you, you, your thoughts dovetail always into mine where I'm going with this. And, you know, that's what you just hit the nail on the head in, in that they come across the NFL as disingenuous most of the time. And, and, and let me explain what you just said. They don't really – I'm not sure – and I don't want to jump in somebody's head. I'm sure that nobody likes to see any person, man, woman, child, anything, dog, beat up or, or abused. Nobody likes that. I mean, unless you're just a sick human being. So when I say disingenuous, do I think that they, they like it? No. But do I think they necessarily are that up in arms about it to the point that they suspend the guy six games with, without, like you, as you point out, what the public reaction is? That's where I mean I think they're, they're disingenuous. I think they're disingenuous with concussions. Do I think NFL owners sit around and say, God, we'd like to see our guys get their brains rattled? No. But do I think if there wasn't lawsuits over the concussions and the CTE that they wouldn't still have trainers throwing some smelling salts under guys' nose and sending them back in the game to win? Oh, yeah, listen, a hard we, time. we talked about this on this show that uh, the NFL has become wildly popular. This is what they wanted. They have pushed – um, through various ways, going international, um, having Monday and Thursday night games. Uh, they've done a good job marketing their game, let's just say that. And now there's, all, there's a, this, the biggest sport in our society here in this country. And with that, more people interested in everything that goes on with the NFL. And as a result, they're finding themselves having to determine usually after the fact what people will care about the most and then react to it. I think somewhere down in there, um, the powers that be say, you know, this whole domestic violence thing, um, while we may not like it, we just really wish this, we don't want this to be, this is not our problem, right? These guys are here to play football. And, you know, if they're slapping up their wives and girlfriends, hey, let the police take care of that. You know, if they did enough, um, they'll be in jail. 
and we just don't have to worry about it. We don't want this to be our problem. We just don't want that. And they're forced their problem because they've invited so many eyes into their game and they've invited so many advertisers into their game. And those advertisers have um, customers. And if customers get to the point where, listen, you support the NFL and they allow wife abusers, so we're not going to support you, then money gets pulled away and they have to respond to the well, money part. But here's the risk you're on. The food's starting to suck. And, you know, you, you use that example of the restaurant, the only restaurant in town you used a couple of years ago. And, you know, you everybody on Friday and Saturday night goes to your restaurant because guess what? It's the only restaurant in this little podunk town. But then all of a sudden, Amy and Chad opened a restaurant across the street. And everybody's nice and we got we got college and pro games on and the food's really good. Your right, business exactly. doesn't just go away mildly or, or slowly. It goes away all at once. Sure. And, I, I mean um, – well, what would you, Emil, want to see the NFL do? Like, really, what do they do? How do they handle this? Listen, the way I would have handled this is what you, you touched on without even – I think you had the solution at the beginning. The beginning of this was, listen, we – you know, you put a statement out, you do a report. We obviously have demonstrated and are trying to demonstrate and be and getting better at it that we do not support domestic violence or violence in any way, shape, or form against another human being. But Mr. Elliott – while was investigated and not charged with a crime, so it's very hard for us to punish him under the domestic violence policy. But we do think some of his actions have brought embarrassment to the league, and you name them, okay? You can go and name them, whatever you want to do. You know, we don't smoke. You know, obviously, we have a drug policy. Mr. Elliott, while it was legal, it's against our policy, and he went to a, you know, a marijuana shop. It was embarrassing. And you put the girl's shirt and all that stuff, and you say we give him two games. And you get it out there, and you tell people if there was a domestic hey, well, violence case. you know that's case, going to be a problem for someone. That's going to be a problem for a lot of people. Listen, it's all. Can we agree that the NFL is in a is in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation? If you're light well, on they are, Elvis, and I think I, here's what I think is going to happen, and this is why I okay. First of all, I'm going to go on record and tell you this. Uh, you can bust my chops if I'm wrong. There's zero percent chance he'll serve all six games of this. I'm I saying think that right now. Appeal down the floor. What do you think? you agree with me on I that? Think, or no? I think it could go as far. Here's what I think is going to happen. I, I think his side's going to walk in there saying they want zero. If the NFL throws out something like two, I think they'll accept it and maybe move on um, under the counsel of Jerry Jones, okay? And and the Cowboys saying, listen, let's just move past this, take the two games. But I think if the NFL goes anything more than two, Elliot and his father are. This is why I'm kind of wondering if the guy really. I, I, I kind of believe he's innocent because you don't fight something in a court of law, which they said they're going to do, if you're if you're guilty or cause, unless you're stupid. Because anything you did, everything's going to become public record, and they they seem adamant. Well, our president, wanting, our president threatens to sue over everything you do. I understand that. this, but he never they've gets been, support, though. I read an article yesterday. Now, let's be honest. Jerry Jones is an NFL owner. First and foremost, he likes to make money, and nobody's made money for the NFL or in the NFL, like Jerry Jones. He bought the Cowboys for $140 million. There were, Some people estimate well over $5 billion if they were to be sold. Okay, right. He's had players suspended before. Jerry's never really left the reservation with suspensions. I've really never seen him. He'll support the player privately, but I've never seen him be furious. And I read an article the other day that said this is the most furious this person said they cover the Cowboys, the most furious they've seen Jerry Jones over something in the 28 years he owns the Cowboys. And before people are out there laughing at Jones because he's a you know, P.T. Barnum, 
Remember, this is the same guy the NFL told, you can't put Nike logos on your jerseys in 1995. Jerry Jones said, the hell I can't. Well, guess what? When you watch TV now, every team has Nike, Under Armour, Adidas. Jerry Jones did that and Phil Knight. They did that together. People didn't see that. He saw it. The guy is hes a visionary when it comes to marketing. So it's not like this is a man that doesn't understand the NFL brand and wants to hurt the league you know, to help his own team. They right. said he is furious over this. And he will, I think he will push. If, if He believes Elliot. He said, I've seen all the evidence. There's nothing here that supports a domestic violence charge. And I, I think if this thing goes to court, you have to wonder, only a moron goes to court when everything's going to come and see the light of day, if they really did it. <laughs> well, much more to come on this. Obviously, this is something that's going to you know, uh, be in our consciousness and something that the public's going to talk about for quite some time, especially after these appeals and the court hearings and all everything else goes down. Uh, I do want to get on to another subject that pertains to what happened in this incident, and it has to do with a growing trend that I'm starting to see. I saw it in the pre-draft lead-up, and we have it right here again with Ezekiel Elliott. We'll talk about that and more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now!
Just a programming announcement. Uh, next Thursday, we will have our college football prediction show a little later this year than in uh, years past. But uh, we do need to share our little wisdom and predictions with you. Don't we need to do that? Don't we need to be... Oh yeah, we got. We have to. We're, we just do the Power Five. So anybody looking for predictions, you know, on the Mountain West, uh, probably not the right show. Yeah, um, you folks out there in Wyoming are just gonna have to not tune into that show because we won't be talking about that conference. So that's uh, next Thursday, college football prediction show. We tell you, uh, you don't even have to watch the season. Emil and I are gonna tell you exactly how this thing is gonna go down. Hey, I have a question for you. Um, yes. A pop culture type question, or I guess, or whatever you want to call it, entertainment. Because um, you're in Miami. I mean, you guys get everything before we. Do you have like one any of those core life eateries down there? It's like a chain. Um, I, uh, there are chains like it. I don't know if we have. I don't know if we have core, but there are definitely yeah. some like it. It's it's yeah, my, not. My, my daughters are really big. Well, one of them has a gluten allergy, and you know the other one doesn't uh-huh. eat gluten, and and uh, right. you know they dairy and all this. Something now, one of them I have to give her credit. She she has a bunch of allergies, so it, it's 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 needed. The other one, well, whatever. Um, but. Yeah. They have like gluten free. Everything's gluten free, and I'm looking at the menu. It's all salads. I mean, isn't salad gluten? Last time I checked, I mean, it is. I, I saw them when I was in New York um, last year, or was it earlier this year? It's all running together. Earlier this year, uh, I did notice the stores, and we're starting to get uh, establishments like that down here, though not under that name. But you're seeing more and more quote unquote healthy eating. Um, even fast food type places and uh, some like that. Well, yeah, it's a bunch. Well, of I'm greens. certainly not Emerald Lagasse, but my one daughter said to me, "Well, they have, they have, you know, they have bone broth soup," and I'm like, "Honey, I've never seen broth made without an animal carcass." So I mean, I'm confused. Yeah, well, you're gonna see it now. Try this one on, Emil. You know, the Atlanta Falcons have a brand new stadium, right? Um, and it's you know one of those. It's not quite Jerry's World, but it's a it's a it's yeah. a real nice place that they put together there. And, you know, obviously you have, uh, you know, you have businesses and establishments that set up inside of the stadium. It's, it's usually a good deal. You know, it, not, what better foot traffic than that? You know, it's, it essentially ends up becoming a mall. I mean, that's what a stadium is. Um, it's, it's, it ends up being a mall nowadays where people sure. can shop. And, you know, one of the biggest things in there are food vendors. How about this one? Uh, at the new Falcon Stadium, they're going to have a, a Chick-fil-A. I mean, are you familiar with Chick-fil-A? It's I am very familiar with Chick-fil-A. Very, very popular um, eating establishment. Um, good food, by the way. I happen to like Chick-fil-A. I'm a little bit of a problem there, Emil. Can you see where I'm going with it? Well, politically, they were the weren't they the far like going uh, right on some of these issues? I don't know if it was the gay marriage one or one of them, but. Um... They were yeah. in the news a couple of years ago. Very that. religious establishment. Very religious yeah. establishment. I've got no problem with that at all. Uh, I'm a spiritual well, person. Their business. They can they can be whatever they want. Yeah, absolutely. Personally. And, yeah. Yeah. And some. Yeah. And, and look. And and I appreciate people taking a stand in this in this day and age. This is one slight problem with uh, having a Chick Fil A inside of the new Atlanta Falcons Stadium. Chick Fil A is not open on Sunday. Be a problem. Uh, that could be a little bit. You know what? A little bit of a you are issue. you are you are getting very astute here in your middle age. I mean, that's actually your good point. 
And, you know, I do notice that most of these NFL games tend to be on Sunday. They tend to um, be heavy on Sunday games in the National Football League. It's just something I've noticed over the years watching NFL football. What are we doing Chick-fil-A on Sundays in the Atlanta Falcons news stadium? (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't want to take credit for noticing this. It's actually in an article that I saw, and the bell went off. Can't make this stuff up, can you? (laughs) It's unbelievable. So I got to go digging into this. Uh, Is Chick-fil-A going to make – some kind of concession, which um, I hope they don't. But, Emil, why are you guys in uh, in the new Atlanta Falcons stadium? Why did you do that? You know, go find the Braves, all right? If you want to take a Sunday off with the Braves, I don't think anyone's going to bat an eye. But, man, if I stroll up into Atlanta Falcons stadium to watch the Falcons take on the Panthers or take on the Saints or take on the Bucks or whoever else they're playing, and I love your Chick-fil-A, and I got to walk by that thing closed on a Sunday. I'm going to slap myself in the face. Like, why yeah, was this? Yeah, done? I mean, what? come you, on. You wonder who makes these decisions, but I guess they figure that these places are such destination places that the other six days a week make up for it because people just want to, like, as you said, go to this new mall, see the stadium, whatever. I, I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me, but hey, they're the rich guys with the stadium, so they must know more yeah. than we do. I don't know. Was any thought given into this thing? Uh, before I get back into the topic, I was wanting to touch on before we went on the break. Just um, letting people know high school football started. Game started down here last night. And, yeah. Uh, the school I, yeah. I once coached at university school where Quincy graduated from uh, opened up their season with a kickoff classic win over uh, over their next door neighbor, Nova, 35 nothing. So uh, one of two things, I don't know much about Nova this year, and admittedly I don't know a whole about university school other than um, they have a couple of high-profile, pretty good football players. Something's there. Either Nova's not really good this year. University school is going to be pretty, pretty good. So I just want to give a shout-out to uh, a former yeah. coach. Yeah, you guys want you guys want a state title there. We did, we did. And the team's now being led by the offensive line coach that was there when I was there. Daniel Luque, I think he's in his third season, third or fourth season there as the head coach at university school. So they kicked off their season with a uh, 35-0 win over Nova. We kick our season off at American Heritage in Plantation, Florida, on Friday night against Booker T. Washington. As you know, Booker T. Washington took us down last year. Only lost for us last year. They beat us 27-7. So a little bit of revenge. But it didn't count. You explained that to me the other day. Um, Yes, it does not count in the standings. Trust me, no one's going to forget, though. Um, not them, not us, that we lost that game last year, 27-7, to our, at our home stadium, too, by the way. So uh, a little bit of revenge on the mind uh, for yes. us as we take to the field. But, yeah, uh, football season's actually starting. You know, as I said, We're playing games, <laughs> yeah, actual games. We're not – but, you know, you, you, in the opening segment you brought up about you can't wait for the season to start because of everything off the field. I have a feeling next year, God willing, you're going to be saying the same thing because – with the advent of social media, with the pervasive nature of cable, you know, sports and cable TV, where it's 24/7 need for content, I think more and more, you know, it's going to be incumbent on the consumer, us, to to shut our brains off to this stuff a little, for, you know, for some of the off season. Otherwise, you know, you're going to just be inundated by it because it's 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 a year-round thing yeah. anymore. They yeah, need just- the content. Definitely is. Uh, you might have heard me laughing here just a couple of seconds ago, and I hate to do this on radio, obviously, because we can't show video, but Emil, I'm uh, 
I'm on, <laughs> I'm on Detroit Free Press Twitter account, and uh, I don't know who this is throwing out the first pitch last night. Um, I don't know if this – oh, this was for the Red Sox, but it's on Detroit okay. Free Press, and that might explain something. Guys throwing out the first pitch uh, misses rather wildly. There are people behind uh, home plate taking it in the you know there's the mascot there's other folks there and there's some gentleman there with two hands on a camera filming this and the pitch is a little high and outside and um it lands and hits this guy and it hits him in uh, a very particular spot where you wouldn't want to get hit with a base did he go down it's a direct shot it's a direct how did did he take it did he go right down he didn't go down to the ground let me look at this again yeah, boss man. Oh, he, I he mean, if there's any, I'm sure there's a few ladies in the audience, and I can only tell you, you know, obviously, not having hey, your parts, man. maybe this hey, is. Hey, what, I, I mean, listen, he he was nowhere near the plate, but I'll be damned if he wasn't dead on with where this thing. He hit him right. He hit him right between the two. Uh, right. Oh, I mean, man, you couldn't. I mean, it didn't. Yeah, tell like me if I'm around. wrong. You played baseball, right? I want to explain yeah. this for the ladies in the audience. When you get hit there as a guy. There's like this delayed reaction, okay? At first, it doesn't necessarily, for the first few seconds, hurt. And then you have this reaction in your brain says, oh, dear Jesus, Lord, this is going to hurt. Yeah, and that's probably you, not the words that are said. I don't care. You'd be a priest. You could have. Uh, I mean, you could be a monk. That thing, you know, baseball hits you in the balls. You're going to say some words that the good Lord doesn't really want to hear come out of your mouth. I'm sure he gives you a pass on that, but, man... He hit him square in the uh, in in the man in, in the balls, man. The cherries got hit on this one, so I'm gonna have to retweet this for people. And we again, have to find out who it. threw that pitch. He owes this he, guy big time. I mean, he better he better send this guy a gift card to the most expensive restaurant in Boston. Emil, the way this thing sailed off, uh, I, I, I mean, I, this this might have been an enemy of this guy. Um, it just looks. <laughs> You can't miss like this. I just—it's uh, unbelievable. Hey, you don't have anyway. to—you don't have to like his politics, but nobody threw a, a pitch like George Bush, the, the mm. son, the younger one, oh. Bush forty-three. He went out there. He used to loosen up underneath the tunnel. Derek Jeter said he never yeah. wanted to embarrass himself. He owned the Rangers right. for a while, part of them, and he used mm. to throw strikes. I mean, that guy threw a great first pitch. Hey, and you know that would be me. I, I mean, uh, I'm not going to go out there and embarrass myself like that so i'd be very much like you're not gonna do it well, who was it 50 cent is that the one who, who, who oh my god that was <laughs> that thing went to the dugout that's all that's hard to do you could try to he's do a lefty too do you remember that throw i think he's lefty it was the yeah, goofiest the throw i ever he, saw in my life for a mets game i think and yeah man if he didn't throw that thing to the bronx it was uh unbelievable <laughs> all right i want to get back on uh the ezekiel elliott thing and uh you brought this up that um, the ex-girlfriend's white, um, and you know she she said in some texts some things. She made some threats. Um, I don't. I'm not sure where she was. What she was hoping to. I don't know what she was hoping to gain. I, was it extortion or she wanted well, money? Well, she was looking or, for money. Uh, yeah. I mean, ultimately, and that that's what his legal team is planning to use as a defense to show that. You know, this guy was going to be extorted for money. I mean, that's really where this, this you know, there's bigger issues here than just, you know, fans only look at the games and wins and losses. First of all, Elliott's going to lose over half a million dollars in salary if he sits out these six games. And more importantly, 
there was a uh, clause in his contract, and you know about this because your son's a rookie, in his yeah. rookie deal, that if he were to be suspended, the guarantees on the remainder of the contract go away. So right. yeah, he you know he so so if he gets hurt, you know it, the way it sits now, they have to pay him. I think all four years basically. It's like you know you get all four years. He the the remaining guarantees go away, and part of that signing bonus, I don't know if it was nine or ten million bucks he got as a number four pick, part of that has to get repaid, a portion. I mean, the, you know, this is a financial. It's not just you know, hey, the guys, you know, we, we don't have them for six games. That's how us fans look at it. But this is a big yeah, deal I'm noticing, for him. I, I brought this up, Emil, because I'm I'm noticing this, and I saw it in the pre-draft. Um, lead up, and obviously I was more involved and aware of uh, matters going into this draft, obviously because I had a son involved in it, is that there's, there's and i got to be careful here, there seems to be an uptick in um, domestic violence accusations, sexual battery accusations um for these guys going into the NFL and it might spill. And the reason I bring it up is because they do have um, this evidence in Ezekiel Elliott um, saga that we have going on. And it's a disturbing trend and it's, it's troublesome for many reasons, many obvious reasons. But the part of it that's worrying me is that the accusers face no, they face no penalty. Um, when they file something frivolously and it, or you know a false report, they face no they face no consequences, and that's due in large part because they don't want to discourage actual abusers from coming forth in in future. But if cases. you're an actual abuser, you have nothing to worry about. If you're telling the truth, I mean. But, but then we run it, into a situation where we're putting the accusers on trial, and I don't think that's something people really want to do. It's just such a horrible thing to do. Uh, it's, it's like yeah, oh, it is. It, listen, it's, it's a tough. Subject. It's a tough subject. It's a tough subject because it's a serious subject. Um, I think in a game as violent as the NFL, you're going to see more domestic violence. I really believe that part of it is just the nature of the sport. Um, you're asking someone, and don't believe me, I'm not condoning it for anybody out there getting the wrong idea. What I'm trying to do is explain it. You're asking people that are paid to be violent to have a switch, and most of them do have a switch, and they can turn it off. But there's a few people, like anything else in life, where they have a problem, and that switch doesn't, you know, that I, I believe this. I just think that that, you know, idol stays opened. And they walk around like that, and it's dangerous. You don't you don't see as much of this in base, Major League Baseball. You don't see as much of it in the NBA necessarily. Um, it just seems it's more pervasive in the NFL, and I think part of it is due to the sport itself. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's that's my theory. Um, what that the the actual cases are happening or. Well, that, well you know, no, I I'm think just... I think a, an athlete playing professional football because of the nature of the sport itself, the, it's a violent sport. I, I think is more. I'm concerned about the false accusations. Um, I, you oh know, no, you I, one... I'm concerned as well about the. I hear where you're going. Like you, you, what you're saying is number one, not only false ac- accusations, but here's the bigger, I think, problem. You're right that there's more of them. It's it's that they're automatically believed. And I'm not sure. saying that I don't care should, what happens we, with this Ezekiel Elliott thing, Emil. 
there's going to be a good portion of people out there that are going to believe um, one side or the other. And that could be believing that Ezekiel Elliott did all these things um, to this young lady when there's a chance he may not have. I don't know if he did or not, but let's say that he didn't. She accused him of them. It doesn't matter what evidence that comes out now. They're gonna, there's going to be a good portion of people out there that will believe that he is indeed guilty of this. Well, and there's two cases I point to, one high-profile, one less high-profile, that you know anybody listening to the show saying, oh, these guys are trying to defend this guy, not the case. All I'm trying to say, and I think, Chad, I, I won't speak for you, but I believe that's what you're saying. Let's take a look. Do you remember back, for younger people, you might not remember this, but right before a playoff game about 20 years ago, Michael Irvin and Eric Williams were accused of raping uh, yes. a girl. Mm-hmm. And remember. my God, the media went crazy. They they had them convicted. How many, you know, are they going to get thrown out of the league? Well, it turns out, in relatively short order, within about a month or so, they found out she made up the whole story. Mm-hmm. She was actually, in that case, did face criminal charges right. um, in, in in Dallas. And then, obviously, you'd have to have lived in a cave. If you're old, if you're older than 25 years old, you definitely know the Duke lacrosse case. Sure. Where. Um, you know, and those guys were doing wrong, college wrong. I mean, in other words, they were having a party. They had strippers. You know, it's not a good, it's not a good look. I mean, it's definitely a way to find trouble. But they did not, it turns out, rape this girl, a gang raper, and she, she, you know, they lost their lacrosse. But they were a national champion. Uh, they, they, their season was canceled. These guys had their athletic and academic lives ruined, and it turns out the whole thing was false. The DA actually got disbarred. Um, and, you know, so I, I just caution people before you rush to, to judgment. You know, we live in a country where you're supposed to have to be proven guilty, not prove your innocence. But sometimes it's hard to prove a negative. You know, if you didn't do something, that's kind of hard to prove. <laughs> right, right. It, it, it's, it's, it's getting tougher. Listen, on the same Cowboys team, yeah, Jordan Lewis, who had a cornerback, a rookie cornerback from Michigan that was accused of uh, domestic violence. Uh, very close to the draft, and uh, man, who knows if that played a part in him? You know where he was drafted. Well, he was um, a third-round steal based on the film I've seen him, and, and having watched quite a few of his college games, he was a damn good yeah, player. Yeah, during the season, he was a top-five cornerback. Now, for yeah. some other reasons, he slid out of that spot. But um, how hard he slid may have been due in large part to this accusation and um if i'm not mistaken amol he was uh either the case was dismissed or he's found not guilty no exonerated at trial in short order by the way from what i understand i think the whole thing was a day trial exonerated in short order before a jury of his peers (laughs) yeah so so um and then you had the situation with caleb brantley from the university of florida who's accused of uh, violence against uh, a young lady at a club, you know, nothing became of that. He ends up becoming a six-round pick. And we got to tread lightly here because, you know, I don't want to make it seem like we're reading off a litany of, uh, you know, just of all these cases and that, that we don't believe this because obviously someone could call a show and there's there's more cases that are real. So we're not saying that. Th- that yeah, it, it just it, puts things in a, such a gray area. Um, and it, it's, it's, the trend is going to continue and you could look here in the Ezekiel Elliott case. Again, I don't know what actually happened. I do need to stress that, 
But look at you. You talked about how much money it's going to cost Ezekiel Elliott could potentially cost Ezekiel Elliott. And what's what I think a lot of lawyers would do and tell me if you agree with this when faced with something like this, um, some young lady is ready to accuse you and she's going to go all the way with this thing if she needs to. And she's telling you she wants one hundred thousand dollars. Um, I don't know that there aren't some lawyers out there be like, you know what, man, um, you might want to just settle this thing. Maybe you don't give her well, hundred sure. grand. You it's math. They're going to look and say they're going to look and say you have four million dollars or five million dollars, whatever the number comes out to be at stake. Uh, sure. Hundred grand is is a pittance. Give her a hundred grand and, and be done with it, and use better judgment who you hang around with. That's probably what your lawyer's going to tell you. Yeah, like pay this, get rid of this. You, you can't stand the public scrutiny. Um, you certainly potentially could lose X amount of dollars. How much? How much? Have you even thought about how much Ezekiel Elliott might lose? I mean, have I thought about it? Well, I've Several seen some million? of the numbers. Uh, well, I, I don't know what he's going to lose in terms of payback. I think it's going to be less than a million. But the real issue for him, not that that's not a lot of money, um, but the real issue for him is the loss of the guarantees if uh, if if this sticks on the sure. contract. Because, you know, if he blows, God forbid he has an injury, you know, a Willis McGahee type injury where, you know, you, you do some big damage and, you know, maybe, you know, he's not going to get paid then. I mean, that's that's where this is big. I mean. And so individuals out there knowing this and people, you know, a lot more people will be more informed about what could potentially happen to an athlete and wrapped up in this will uh, see dollar signs. And I just think these type of things are going to continue um, being, an, being an issue. The NFL is going to have a problem on their hands. I'm just letting you know that uh, right now. There's, there's a serious problem headed their way, and I don't know if they're Well, I think at some point they're going to have to you know, reevaluate what, what they're in the business of. I, I understand you want to put out a good brand and a good image. I get that. They're a business. But at some point you're going to have to say we let – we let prosecutors and police do their job, and if there is a crime, then we penalize. Okay, you don't you you, you don't um, assume something and then look for the crime, which is kind of what it seems like they're doing here. It's like okay, well there's there's no crime, but we can find one. I mean, it just I I struggle with that. That's not what they're that's not what they're in the business of. Yeah, the other thing uh, we need to touch on, and we've got about 10 minutes here left on the show, is, um, you know, it's what everyone's talking about. It's the national anthem protest. Um, and, you know, every pe- you know, people are on both sides of this issue. Um, here's just a little bit of a thought for me on it. The national anthem protest, I'm going to say this. I, on one hand, applaud Colin Kaepernick for taking this stand. And it was, whether people want to believe it or not, very successful in getting attention brought to the issue that was hot at the time. And that was police brutality uh, against African-Americans in the communities as motorists and so on and so on. We had a number of high-profile incidents uh, on which it looked like there was some serious police misconduct. And so his protest brought a great amount of attention to it. And now that these protests continue, what's getting lost in all of the discussion is what what the protest was about in, in the beginning, and we're losing sight of that. And for that, I'm 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 thinking uh, might need to go a different route than the national anthem protest. 
Um, there's obviously, if that has not been made clear, um, last weekend with the events in Charlottesville, that we have, uh, we definitely have a race issue in this country that needs attention. But I don't know that the national anthem is is still the good play to make. I don't know if that's the good play to call. Yeah, uh, you know, and in my opinion, it needs more. It needs more sincere discussion and 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 less less hyperbole and showboating and and taking advantage of it. I think there's a lot of people out there on both sides of the discussion using it as a platform to get more eyeballs for themselves. I'm seeing and, that. Yeah, and not necessarily being sincere and wanting to fix anything. In, in some cases, maybe wanting to stoke it a little bit more because it continues to stay in the news and, and draw attention. I, I just, I, I think, I think we're at a point where it's almost like we've gone backwards. You know, I, I was born in 1968, and from talking to my parents, you know, that was a pretty crazy year. I mean, Martin right. Luther King was assassinated. Uh, Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. He had sure. all kinds of riots and, and whatnot. And it was it seemed to me to be one of the low points during the civil rights movement in terms of how, how violent things got. And now it almost seems like we're going back toward that instead of, you know, move, moving in a, in a better direction. And I think... Some of these protests, while well, like you said, he brought attention to an issue. He may need to go a different route. You got to remember something. Again, we go back. To, it's not Colin he, Kaepernick. It's not Colin Kaepernick no. anymore. He did his no, now thing. It's out, yeah, guys he did are jumping thing. on now. now. Others, well, guys yeah, are jumping others, on. Others coming late now because it, you know uh, it's a hot button issue and it's hard to figure out who's really in and down for the cause and who's like really uh, like what you said jumping on it because it's hot and it allows me to keep my name in the news. I do know this. Um, it's a national anthem protest, and it's very difficult for a certain segment to take the protest for what it is um, and not be offended. You know, if you're someone who fought for this country and, you know, you're out there fighting the enemy, um, putting your life on the line, and you come back over here and – you're making significantly less than this millionaire, and they don't want to stand up for the national anthem. They're going to take it personally like you don't appreciate what it is I just went through. And for a lot of the athletes, almost all of them, you weren't in the military. You weren't in Iraq. You weren't over there in, in Kazakhstan. You, you, do, you have zero idea what um, military personnel went through in their battles. And you know what, Chad? You'll get a small segment. I've heard different people in the military say, you know what, no, that's okay, that's okay with me because that's what I fought for, the right to do that. And I've heard that. Right. But generally, I think the overwhelming pervasive feeling is what you just said. I mean, I, I think these guys have to realize that while their cause is, is just uh, police brutality and you know, that's a legitimate issue that needs to be investigated and discussed and fixed, Mm-hmm. I think doing it this way is at this point might not be the best way. It's a, again, we go back. It's a business. Right. The vast majority of people that walk into an NFL game do not feel that way about the national anthem that they do. And even right. though they're trying to draw attention to a cause, most people are proud to be in this country, proud to be mm-hmm. Americans. And right. when you when you when you do that for your police brutality cause, if that's what in fact you're doing it for. It sends the message out that you know you you don't like the country or you, you, there's something wrong. And while our we I talked about this last show, our country has warts 
Everybody does. But right. but if you think like nobody's cranked out millionaires like the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, nobody. Where nobody. else? What other country in the world can you come from meek beginnings? And yes, and I'll say it. The National Football League is putting out black millionaires more than anything else in in this country. Um, and so you know it's. It's dip, I think getting – and that goes back to what I'm saying. What's getting lost is the actual message. And then some people are trying to – are changing what the protest is about. Okay, at first I was kneeling because I'm you know, at odds with how uh, police are treating African-Americans in their communities. Now it's – we don't – have you listened to the national anthem? Have you listened to the words? What about, what about the author of the national anthem and the life that they lived? And then it, it's just – it's like it's all over the place. And again, it goes back to those soldiers who are just not they're going to have a hard time seeing your cause um, after they've gone over. And I'm fought. wondering and I'd love to I'd love to know what your dad and some of the elders in the black community, uh, people that, you know, think about this, because because if I'm them and, and I, again, I'm being not black, I'm, I'm guessing. I mean, I could be completely wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this with kind of an eyebrow raised in some cases going, wait a second, man. We did the heavy lifting. We were the ones in, in the marches yeah. and, what, you know, mm-hmm. Selma. We were the ones taking the beatings. You guys are what? You're playing football, man. Are you kidding yeah. me? You know, I've had this discussion with someone online. And, and you listen, I'm, I'm one who has uh, swam upstream all, pretty much all my life. And so I'm, I'm not one quick to join in with the herd thinking. But to me, the protest. And everything that was endured by the leaders and and just the just the the public at large, African Americans through the '60s, all of the civil rights uh, marches and all of the and everything that went through then was to provide the opportunities that are available now. And while I'm not here saying um, let's turn a blind eye to to racism in the country, it exists. It's just how much energy do you want to give it? And should we be running around looking for moral victories? Um, whereas at the point now we have all of these opportunities, we can kind of stamp out or or quiet racism, push racism back by achieving. Take the opportunities and run with them and show the other side that yeah, we can do this. We can do that. We can be. Uh, yeah, and I guess uh, I, I guess I don't understand it, and I often lean on you. Like I don't mm-hmm. understand. I, I see a lot of uh, online, a lot of black people. They don't mm-hmm. like Michael Jordan. You know, I guess you know he's become quote unquote too white for them, and I don't understand what that means because to me it's like, well, wait, this guy achieved a lot of things in life, and I don't think he he tries to pretend he's not black from my seat. I just think it's just mm-hmm. the, uh, statistically there's more white people than black people. So he's mm. going to run around in a lot of circles with a lot of white guys. I don't think right. that makes him anything other than a successful business guy. And I don't think he shuns his heritage or anything. But then again, I'm saying that from my seat, and I, I don't get it, I guess. Yeah, well, from my seat, um, I, it's, it's, that's the part of this thing that's annoying me the most, is um, African-Americans attacking other African-Americans because, A, they don't necessarily uh, – have a view that's right in line with yours um, or they don't uh, speak 
on issues you want them to speak about. So you, you, you start labeling them. You're calling them Uncle Toms. You're calling them coons. You're, you're casting them aside. You're not one of us. That's nonsense. That's the biggest nonsense that I've ever seen. Like it's it, well, and you want to know something? They're not, I've seen a because parallel, they're not totally you're not in line believe. with you. You can't run around doing that. It's ridiculous. And it's well, just, I've seen a parallel though, and you're not going to believe where I've seen this parallel. And it's actually ironic. We're talking about this this week with Charlottesville and everything else. But the parallel I see is with, you know, a lot of white people do this to other white people. In other words, same thing. It's like, well, if you know, if if you if 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 you don't act ignorant, or you know, if 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 you're if you actually read some books. Mm-hmm. then, you know, you're not in our camp. And I see this kind of like similar with black people. It's like, well, if the person speaks well and, mm-hmm. you know, uses proper English, well, then they become, it seems, whatever term you want to use, but, I mean, for me, it's they become too white. You know, oh, my God, they yeah. they, they speak well. Uh, sure. And and by the way, that's that's a misnomer because I could bring I could bring you around a lot of people that are white that don't speak very well. <laughs> so, I mean, but, you know, you know um, and, and, you, and you know what? I found to be true, um, and again, I'm um, I'm an offcast on this particular way, but people like that tend not to care about those people's opinions. So, someone like a Michael Jordan, or others who have achieved um, and are being called by a certain segment of people, um, whatever term you want to use, Coon, Uncle Tom, one of them, Whitey, blah, blah, blah. They tend not to really care, it seems, about those people's opinions. They don't value their opinions. And so they see you like, okay, whatever. You know, that's, you have a, you have a, you have a loser's mentality. Uh, I tend to be someone who will care maybe a little bit more and speak out on it, whereas they don't even care to talk about that okay you, you think i'm that you you know whatever that's your problem i'm going to keep doing what it is i've been doing to be successful in my life i'll keep moving forward you can sit there and uh, throw out all the labels you want I, sh- I sure hope you're doing something good with your life and that tends to be the uh the prevailing opinion and attitude with well two guys that should be held like up in the sports community you know are, are to me in the business community, Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson, I think that's just how they've approached life. I mean, you know, sure. they're comfortable around everybody. I think they, you know, obviously they're comfortable in, with black people. They're comfortable with white people. They're just, they're who they are, and they really don't give a crap, you know, about people trying to bring them down. And they've both had amazing success outside of basketball, which they started with. You know, both right. of them have had amazing success, you know, as businessmen. Uh, yeah. legitimate businessmen. Yeah. Um, and very interesting. Also a good way for us to wrap up the show. Again, programming note, uh, next Thursday, our college football prediction show, we'll be doing that. We'll be uh, jumping on that, letting you know, again, who's going to be in that playoff and who the final two teams uh, are going to be in the college football playoff that we have this year. And then the following week, we'll do the NFL. So um, good to be back on. And uh, happy to be here talking to you, the fans. We want to thank you all for listening to the show today. We, are, we appreciate you uh, immensely. And if you really enjoy the show, tell a friend. But um, our time's up, Emil. So until next That's week. That's it. We're out of here. Thank, yeah, Have thank you all weekend. for listening. That's it. We'll be back next week here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Thank you for listening.
somebody colleges, step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen.